1: No music, no intro. Hashtag another episode of Saints Twitter Podcast. Back again. It's just it's just Ryan and I this time. No special guests, which is fine. Because I feel like there's a lot for us to, to talk about where we don't need anyone else on the pod. Um, Football is coming, man. Like... <laughs> I feel like this is the kind of Game of Thrones where they keep saying winter is coming and like you don't feel like it's coming. But <laughs> nah, it's coming, mother. It's coming. Uh, yeah, because you know, they tweeted out like the first game, Chiefs and Texans, is a month away. <laughs> I think like yeah. <laughs> insane. Like um, it, man. I I guess. We'll see how it's gonna go. Um but there's been a plethora of as training camps convened or whatever that looks like, there's been a plethora of interviews that various Saints players have done. Um, so we're just going to hit on that, hit on the health of some players, just kind of touch base on what they talked about in their interviews, um, our opinions on that, and just the outlook of training camp starting next week. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's here. Um, so... I think Ryan's been a little more in tune with, with when I say a little more in tune of kind of just the saints comings and goings just been work wise for me, it's just been insane. So like the saints have been like the last thing in my mind recently, but where did, where did you want to start? Like what interview stood out to you that, that you wanted to start with?
2: Uh, I mean, I guess it's good to just start at the top with, you know, Sean Payton. He had his, you know, he's kind of, I w- not his opening interview, because his opening interview was a few weeks ago, but, you know, he had his interview last week, and he sounded a little more, uh, I guess you could say, kind of more ready to go than his first interview. And his first interview, he just sounded kind of pissed, just pissed about, you know, the whole training camp set up, and just, you know, you could tell he was just trying to figure out how he was going to work through it. But now you can see since they got the sort of "quote unquote" bubble sequester, you want to call it, you know, you kind of see where his players at, if you know, where his players are at health wise. Nobody had uh, COVID nineteen, you know. You had like two players opt out, you know, kind of bottom of the roster players. They took care of the. Uh, they got down to the eighty, you know, and they cut kind of kind of bottom of the roster players. You know, I think Stalworth was like the only kind of name that stood out. Uh, so you could tell Sean Payton was kind of in the mode of, okay, we we rented a role. So well, I guess you can start with that. And just, you know, what I, I've been tweeting just really this whole summer is Sean Payton's ability to manage a crisis. You know, you're talking about a guy who, which I think, even though it's talked about, it's kind of forgotten and it's kind of, I don't think, they understood what he took on when he took over the Saints in 2006. Like, New Orleans looked worse than Beirut, Lebanon right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was a disaster zone. It was, we didn't know New Orleans was going to come back at that time. We really didn't know. It was a literal question, Little literal congressman saying, like, we're not sure New Orleans should come back. We're not sure there should be a city where that city once was, so him taking over the team at that time and having to literally rebuild a crap franchise. And I love the Saints, but if you just look at the history, it just was not a great franchise. And try to build a winner out of it. I mean, that's just. Uh, I mean, getting coaches to not just not football, just put the football players aside. You know, getting coaches the assistant coaches, and you know, people to work within the team and scouts and You know, he had to build it from the bottom up and really retool everything to try to figure out what's been wrong. Why has this team never won a playoff, only won one playoff game in the history of the franchise? You know, only one, you know, and never went further than that. And he had to do that and he managed it. And it was, you know, it it wasn't an easy process. You know, there was failures along the way, but his ability to do that always stood out to me more than his offensive capability. You know, he's an offensive genius. We know that. But his ability to kind of motivate, uh, think outside the box, you know, kind of zig when everybody's zagging and just kind of say, hey, you know, this is my team. I'm going to do my own thing and do what's best for the team. I, th- I always think that's been his kind of greatest attribute as a head coach. So I think when you saw that, like when you saw with Bounty Gate, you know, this guy was – you know, suspended for a whole season, not able to even talk to like people in the league, like completely cut off, comes back, completely reboots the team coming off that season, take us to 11 to 5, you know, 11 to 5 season, you know, a new defensive coordinator and all that stuff. You know, just he, he knows how to come in and really set the tone and just be the leader that he's, he's like a CEO. You know, he's like the CEO you expect a CEO to be. If, you, if you're a failing company, the CEO to come in and kind of lead the charge and change the path of, of a failing company. And so I think that's his greatest attribute. And I think I've been tweeting that his ability to do that is going to be key for the Saints this season, whatever the season is going to be. So if the Saints do succeed, him his leadership is going to be like a huge, like a huge reason for it, his ability to navigate this. So when they came out with the whole sequester thing, I just chuckled because that's a Sean Payton thing to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just <laughs> like that's just something, okay, you know, the Lee's not going to do a bubble. I'm going to do my own damn bubble. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's Sean Payton. So yeah. will it work? Will it work? Maybe, maybe not, you know, but it's better than doing nothing. It's better than just saying, oh, well, we'll just hope, you know, everything works out okay. <laughs> well, no. No, we, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to at least – all these different variables that we have to deal with, we're going to at least try to move some of these variables in towards our favor, you know? And so I think, you know, just hearing that from him, just hearing how confident he was, well, I wouldn't say confident, but you, you sound he sounded like a guy that, you know, it's kind of know what he's doing and he realizes that he's in a, uh, you know, this is uncharted territory. So I think, you know, his ability to be dynamic with his thinking and, just kind of maneuver and and, uh, try to figure out ways. I think that's going to be the key for this team over talent. You know, we could say all we want about the roster, but the teams who manage this the best will do the best this season. I don't care how good your talent is. If, you know, if say the Browns uh, manage this thing better than the New England Patriots, and are able to keep their guys healthy, and the Patriots aren't. The Browns are going to be better. You know what I'm saying? So I, that's just how I just see the season playing out. It's a great, it's a great point. A lot of great points that you made, um, and
1: how Sean Payton rebuilt the Saints. Because if you look at it, just thinking, just think to this past off season, you had. We had David Anyamada. Basically, you know, we thought he was leaving. Like we thought he was just not gonna be a saint anymore. Like he was gonna be out the price range and, and not come back. They're able to retain him largely because you know he said that he wanted to stay with New Orleans. Like obviously he got paid. Um, and he may have been able to get paid more on the open market, but the reason part of the reason why he wanted to come back is he wanted to, you know, finish what he what he's built with the team that drafted him. You had Emmanuel Sanders in his interview basically say like it wasn't even like a huge courting process that the saints had to do towards him, that he was the one kind of courting the, you know what I'm saying? Like he was the one that wanted to come to New Orleans. And then if you take what Tony and saying about the two teams that's on free agent, the JV and Clowney's list of teams he wants to go to, it's the saints and the Cowboys. Like, (laughs) like that's how that, that is powerful. Like that's, that's insane. It's You know what I'm saying, <laughs> like, like he, he, pl- players want to come to New Orleans, play for the Saints, play for the Sean Payton, play for Sean Payton, the culture that he's built. That's that's unreal, man. Like that's that's it's it's like we don't. If you're a Saints fan since like 2006, like the younger Saints fans, shout out to Chris. Like you don't know, <laughs> <laughs> like you don't know but how. I do we love Chris. Um, living that 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 white wealth life, but you don't know like how how good it is because it wasn't always like this. It right. like,
2: like the Saints were like the equivalent and, of the Browns, and yeah, exactly, exactly. So people got to understand like for the for most of my lifetime, growing up with the Saints, like the Saints had to beg and plead and overpay for any fridge that's why the Saints were bad for so long because we couldn't even get free agents to come. People, when I was growing up, people would blame Benson. They're like, "Oh, Benson cheap." And Benson wasn't cheap. Nobody just wanted to play for the Saints. Like nobody wanted to come to New Orleans. Nobody wanted to live in New Orleans, and nobody wanted to play for them. You know, and if we did, and when sometimes when the Saints did look up and draft a player and development and him become a good player, somebody like Joe Johnson he couldn't wait to get out of town. Like, as soon as he, you know, was able to hit free agency, he was like, peace, you know what I'm saying? I'm out of here. Bye. Yeah, but, you know, but now, you know, you got players, hey, I'll take a pay cut to hang around with the Saints. I, you know, I'll be this, this is a team I circle and want to go to contender and, you know, Sean Payton and, you know, Drew Brees and blah, blah, blah. So I, I always try to tell Saints fans that's so down, especially the youngsters that's, you know, didn't get to go through the dark years, like, man, enjoy this, man. This is like – as much as heartbreak it brings you, that's just sports. You're gonna get your heart broken with sports. Kind of take a step back in the worldview and just realize you got it good, man. You really do.
1: Um, and I, you know, obviously you've been a, a Saints fan longer than I have. Like my my fanhood started during the Aaron Brooks days, which uh-huh. was a roller co- <laughs> was a roller
2: coaster. <laughs> Yeah, in itself, like that was, and that was the good days, up <laughs> right? that, like that, point,
1: that was a good day. <laughs> wow, bro, just wow. Um, so we we I alluded to it a little bit before, but just the Emmanuel Sanders um, talking about he wanted to come to New Orleans. Um, him and Drew, you know, worked out in Denver, uh, yeah. and you know there's you know there's talking like that. That is, is, we we talked about this on the on a prior podcast, like that deep ball not being there so much. But there's, I don't know, like is there some hints? Like, is I there mean, some, you know, we saw little IG,
2: little <laughs> IG clips in it? Looking at the ball, I'm like, is that sixty yards? <laughs> he hitting the ball sixty yards, and I mean, the ball, it's really not about the the depth of the you know throw. It's the velocity that you have to look at, and that ball was coming out like no, I mean not no, no Mahomes type throw, of course not, but like you just want to see that ball come out. You know, I can't really describe it, but you know it when you see it. But it's it wasn't the Drew Brees throw to Ted Ginn against the Eagles yeah. where that thing just just, you just died. You have that, you know, that kind of squint Face emoji, like uh, is it gonna make it? You know what I'm saying? You don't want those, you know what I'm saying, and that's what he had last year. And you know, Nick Hunter, Nick Underhill wrote about it a lot. Like, you know, is it the finger? It definitely could have been the thumb, you know, that affected his deep ball. His deep ball, uh, uh, his deep ball attempts were lower last year than any time he's been, you know, a quarterback. But even in the last three years, his deep ball attempts haven't been that high, you know. So I mean, we'll see. And you know, Drew Brees talked about working with Tom House. This all season, they literally like next door to each other in San Diego. So you know, we saw clips of Drew Brees doing like this weird workout with like a tennis ball in a sock, and he was doing his little moves. And he he based in his interview, he said something about you know they kind of found some tweaks to his throwing motions. And you know, if you, you know, if you read Nick Underhill, he on his podcast he talked about how the Tom House and their their business, their organization, how they really, truly break down a quarterback. Like they have like cameras that break it down to like the millisecond and watch your throwing motion like every single frame and tweak it to the point where, you know, you could just, you know, find whatever cheat code you can out your body. And we know Drew Brees, like he <laughs> – if he finds that T code he's just going to work at it like until like a, like a maniac, you know what I'm saying? So you know, <laughs> he's, a, he's a maniac. <laughs> what does that mean? Like who knows? Like maybe you know maybe instead of, you know, one, you know, 35 part you know, completion last year, maybe we get four this year. You know, it's not like he's going to be slaying it downfield like Mahomes. All season, that's never been him. But you want to at least have that threat yeah, when the defenses start cheating exactly. up and the exactly. safeties start cheating up, you that's, can kill them.
1: Yeah, that's all. That's why that, I think I'm glad you brought that up because it's all about keeping the defense honest. Like, right? It, and I think I mean, it's it, we don't think like defenses haven't been respecting Breeze's deep balls for no. a, a number of years now. No respect. No respect. <laughs> so if it's there, just the hint of it being there, like if if they if they're playing close to the line of scrimmage or they're playing their depth a certain way, like that's a if it's there, that's a way to exploit a defense big time. You know, and it doesn't have like you said, it doesn't have to be all game, every game, but just that threat of it being there would be huge. Huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just
2: like, you know, defensive players, they study tape. So if they study in the tape and they say, damn, you know, when uh, you know, Harrison Smith, you know, cheated up a little bit, he got burned last week. I, you know, I, I better make sure and watch my cues. And that's literally all it takes. It's like, okay, player X got burned last week. I need to make sure I'm on my stuff this week. But if you're looking at the tape and it's like, damn, it's looking like uh, Drew Brees, he's not even testing the safety there, you know, they're going to start cheating up a little bit. So, you know, if he can make those throws this this season, I think that's going to help, you know, help the offense immensely. Not just with him, you know, with, you know, Alvin Kamara and Everybody, you know what I'm saying? The tight end, Jared Cook, because he's kind of low-key, one of the deep ball players on the, on the team oh. because he's able to get loose down the seams. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, that, the throw that
1: drew through to him against the Titans. Woo. whoo, Bruh.
2: Hey. Sweating. <laughs> Sweating. I was like, oh, I mean, those last, like, four games, mm. like, before the, before the playoffs, Jared Cook was, like, Cooking, cooking. <laughs> no, no pun intended. But, <laughs> and
1: I and like I remember how a lot of us were de- like that Rams game before Drew hurt his thumb. Oh. Like, bro, like I'm not even super invested like I used to be, but I was like, this nigga is killing me right now. Like, <laughs> didn't he fumble? Like he made he had fumbled the ball. Or he something? Drew had hit him hit hit him like right in the hands of the ball, and he like bu- like he didn't fumble it, but like he. Bumbled it away, and the Rams uh-huh. inter- and the Rams intercepted it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I, I know he's a rookie, and I know he he's making that big jump from what division to what whatever division Adam Good. Troutman came from. But there's a lot of potential there with is. twelve personnel, where defenses can. You can manipulate defenses large, greatly if you add – like, not only do you have Cook, you add Adam Troutman. He shows, it, at least in college, that he can be a good blocker. That's a, that's a lot to throw at a defense and confuse yeah. him um, in terms of what the offense is doing.
2: It is, man. And I, I mean, I was thinking about it earlier. Like, we don't know – we just don't know what product we're going to see on week one. Because because of all of this, you know, no preseason. So we just don't know. It could be like a slop fest. But if, like, the Saints, since they're such a veteran team and they're able to, like, just do their thing, man, it, you know, I, like I'm saying, I'm not about to predict the win on, on week one because they haven't won on week one in a long time. You know what I'm saying? But, like, potentially it can come out cooking, you know, if, you know, those things fall all – those chips fall where it's supposed to, but, you know, obviously this is, you know, unprecedented. We don't know. You know we don't even know what teams are going to look like on week one, if there's <laughs> going to be a week one. Every, there
1: could be yeah. 20 players on each team on the COVID list. Right. <laughs> no,
2: but you know what? I'm kind of sure. Like, I feel I'm confident week one is going to happen and nobody's going to be – hardly anybody's going to be positive. I think teams are going to be a good job of keeping players safe through camp and up to week one. After that, who knows, man? It's like, <laughs> it's like anything can happen after that. But I, I'm just—I just feel confident about week one. Like that's it. Um, who else
1: did they—they they spoke? Oh, the, speaking—we've kind of been focused on the offense, kind of switching over to the defensive side of the ball. So they spoke with Cam. They spoke with um, Marcus Davenport. They spoke with yeah. um, Alex Anzalone. Um, and we've talked about this before, and. I, I, I read it and I had to text you when I saw it, but like I don't know why it annoyed me when Marcus Davenport said like his, <laughs> his goal was to like have one more sack than Cam. And I'm just like, can you just, just stay healthy a season for like <laughs> like I like I get it. It's like athletes. But right, like it just
2: <laughs> talk, but still it's like <laughs> <laughs> Two first ass down so <laughs> Like you gonna be two first till you change your, you, like I need you to stop talking letting me call you two first. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Um but the good news is
1: Marcus Davenport isn't on isn't on the pup list, neither is um Alex Anzalone. The Only player that is on pup, I believe, is uh Kiko Alonso. Yeah.
2: Um
1: we didn't I mean we've kinda joked about it in the past. Just the fact that they're not on pup, so they're able to start training camp quote unquote healthy. Um it's huge. It's that's huge. huge. Um, but it all boils down I mean, this is we're pre- you know, we're preaching to the choir when we say this, but it's about they, they gotta they gotta do it in the season. Like if there is a quote yeah. unquote full football season, all that's nice, you know, nice and fine for right now. But if they start getting hurt in the season, then it's 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 back to square one.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Davenport, like this season, I don't know how to Make it more clear, this season is so crucial to him. Like, the Saints have to make a decision next offseason if they will sign fit the fifth-year option. Like, they have to make a decision. So he this, – this is like almost like a contract year for him in some ways, you know. And he has the talent. He has the potential. Everybody admits that. Like, nobody that watches him will say he's garbage. He's not. No, you know what I'm saying? He's, no, like he's a, not at no. all. He has the athletic talent. So – it's time for him to just put it together, man. And like, we'll see. I kept saying, like, he has not yet had an off season with the Saints. He hasn't had any OTAs or minicamps because, you know, he's either injured or, you know, COVID-19 this year and he was injured. So, you know, he's going to have to try to make the most of it, but he has, you know, he should have, he has experience now. He had, what, 13 games last year. He played like, what, eight or nine the year before that. So, you know, he has experience playing NFL games, so it's time for him to put it together, man. You gotta oh, put sure. it. Up. Um and Anzalone, My dog Anzalone, bro. Come on, like man. come on, man. Come on, bro.
1: He what he brings athletic wise to the linebacker, like there are plays that he's made as a saint that I, I love I love Demario Davis. I love him. Yeah. But there's plays that Anzalone makes. The, the interception against the Rams in the regular season before mm. they fa- before they face them in the NFC Championship. That's, mm. the, that's the only play he can make. He made a play in the preseason. I can't remember what team it was against, but he had, like, an interception where he started from, like, the middle of the field, ran all the way to the left – well, from, from – it would be the right side of the field – intercepted it, toe-tapped it, like, he...
2: Yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah, yeah. He is so good. Well, he, ha- he has, you know, safety, like, athleticism, you know right. what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. But, like, he can't stay on the field. <laughs> he just, he and can't. it's the shoulder. It's like nothing else. It's not his knee, ankle, nothing. It's just the shoulder that, which has bothered him throughout college. Like, I remember scouting him in college so like when we drafted him. I'm like, well, let me look at some Anzalone. And, you know, when you go on YouTube... All you usually got to do is, like, type the name of the player. Right. And it'll come up with, like, a list of games. It's nothing. <laughs> it, was just, it was just the cut-ups, <laughs> like the highlights. It was nothing. It wasn't even highlights. Well, yeah, I did find one highlight. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, what, 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 what could I find, like, the games? Nothing. No, you won't you to, find the whole game, no. They no don't. I just had to look up, like, uh, well, who did he play for Florida, right? Florida, yeah. Florida. I just had to look up, like, Florida games and then hope he was in that game. <laughs> So you had to, to look. Him. You had to look at another player's tape. Yeah. Yeah, I had to look at other player's tape, <laughs> and then just kind of hope he was in there. And nine times out of ten, he wasn't even in the game. Like he was hurt. You know what I'm saying? So I had to go like the pro football reference and try to find what games he actually played in. I mean, it was a headache, man. Like so, I imagine what the scouts had to do. So right, but, you know. But that's that's just him. You drafted an injured player. He's going to be an injured player in the NFL. You just got to hope it's kind of like a Thomas Davis situation where. He finds that, you know, I don't know, that T-1000 you know, I mean that's, or whatever.
1: Come <laughs> on, man. Thomas Davis <laughs> didn't have any cartilage in it. He's, Thomas Davis is still playing football, Ryan. <laughs> He's playing for the Redskins or whatever, Washington whatever. The football team. <laughs> He's still in the league? <laughs> He's still in the leagues, man. That's crazy. That don't make no damn sense. <laughs> Tore his ACL three times? Yeah, three times. Insane. Like arm,
2: arm is just like non-existent. Like he,
1: oh my god! Like. <laughs> it's just it's, and I just like you said for Marcus Davenport, like it's a big year. Franzoloni too. Mm-hmm. Like obviously he doesn't. You know he's not a first rounder. But this is year.
2: This is contract year.
1: Yeah, it's it's it's, it's his fourth year. It's his fourth season. Um, and if he doesn't work out, I know that he was a super late draft pick last season, but before he got hurt, it really sounded like Caden Ellis was close yeah. to pushing. Um, AJ Klein
2: yeah. out of the
1: starting lineup. And then he got yeah. he got injured and he got into reserve. He's healthy. Now he was, he was on the COVID list. Now he's not on the COVID list. Like they like what they see in Caden Ellis. Like, yeah, we, absolutely. we can't evaluate that because we really haven't seen it, but he was gaining that trust of the coaches to be out there, so it's this is a crucial year for Anzalone, and I think the Saints were very smart um, in signing Nigel Bradham. Uh, yeah, just you know, cause you, you can't bank on Anzalone being healthy. You have Kiko Alonso on pup. Like on we've pup, talked, yep. we talked about how their you know the linebacker position is you know. We've had games last season, you know, Craig Robinson was in that 49ers game. Yeah. Like oh. he made a he made a play, you know, he he made a big play in the game, yeah. but
2: that's what he do. Uh, <laughs> but then the other plays, you like, oh, Craig's out there. <laughs> like that's what he do too. <laughs> so But Craig C- Craig got a lifetime press check, baby. I don't know what kind of <laughs> I don't know what kind of contract he signed. Like, I'd never see him, like, a free agent or nothing. Like, I was like, what contract did you sign, nigga? <laughs> um, I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> Craigman, feel like. But, but it, yeah, when you look at our linebackers, though, like, that's probably the huge question mark of the defense is, like, what linebackers will you field on week one? We don't know. Oh, that that's that, a huge question. We know Demario Davis. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah.
1: If they go nickel and there's two linebackers on the field, who's outside? You know who's out there? You know next to Demario, or even even if they go, you know, just a standard four three, you know, four three
2: yeah. lineup. Base,
1: yeah, yeah, like base. Like, is it is it Demario and and Anzalone and like like we no clue,
2: no idea. I mean, to be honest though, you know, to get you know a thirty year old. Niger- Bradham in you know August. That's you know slow kill. That's a decent little move. You know oh, what I'm it a, it absolutely solid is. Solid coverage linebacker. You know what I'm saying? Could tackle. Yeah, you know I mean that's not a bad move, man. Just to get him in in August. Like I I could see him definitely definitely playing. He's definitely not. Oh, like a guy that is going to get cut in two weeks or nothing like that. No, know I
1: no not at all. Um,
2: so. Who else? You know, I'm trying to think of who else they, they spoke to. Um, uh, AK, uh, Ak. you know, we wound up finding out it was an MCL tear that he got, uh you know, MCL tear in his knee uh, against Jacksonville. And he also got hurt, like, a little bit before that. But then the ACL tear, the kind of – I mean, MCL tear played through without, throughout the season. He talked about it some in his interview. Talked about how his, like, body language wasn't really uh, – wasn't really on point, so he kind of heard that from the fans. But he said he also heard that from his player, from fellow players, kind of like you know, and you know, come on, get in the game, you know. And we all saw it, you know. We, everybody was trying to analyze him and everything, which was understandable. But uh, you know, I mean, the dude was playing through pain, you know. At the end of the day, and I think we can kind of close the book on season with A.K. It's like <laughs> the dude was just playing hurt at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying, like. He did the best he can. It wasn't his greatest season. It wasn't a bad season, but it is what it is. But it sets up like a
1: huge
2: year for him who he's going to be a free agent next season. You know, he's looking to get paid. He talked about an interview that he's not worried about getting paid, but come on, we know. Come on, man. (laughs) Like, we know. (laughs) Come on. We know he's waiting on that check. You know what I'm saying? And he deserves it. He deserves a check. So it's just gonna be so fascinating. Just watch out, watching how all that plays out, man. Like I have no prediction whatsoever with it. No, I don't know. Yeah, well, we we talked. We we I think
1: we talked about it to death. So we weren't not mm-hmm. going to get you know too much into it. But yeah, it's gonna be fascinating. And putting putting like the closing of like his season last season because it was just so annoying hearing like Twitter sports psychologists, like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. and it's, it's, it's good for him to like admit, like, he was like, you know what? I needed to check myself when my teammates brought it up.
2: Yeah.
1: But if like I don't, I don't know how to, how to word this, but like, if you could just get a feel from his personality, even as a rookie or, or even in Tennessee, he, I won't say he's a temperamental player, but like, he's a player that like, he wears his emotions on his sleeves.
2: Yeah. So yeah.
1: if he's struggling, which he obviously was struggling last year, like he he you could t- you could tell that you you know you could tell that he was struggling and it, it was affecting him. Um right. but I I've, I've said it on this podcast, if he's healthy, you throw him in this offense. Whew, I'm I'm I I as a defensive coordinator, I don't know I don't know what you do. I really don't.
2: Yeah, you know, he talked about on an interview like all they worked with all off-season with his trainer was his lower extremities, as if they weren't already, like, ridiculous. <laughs> right. Like, his leg, if you've seen videos, his legs look like tree trunks. He, you know, he's moving crazy. He they worked on flexibility, uh, his knee strength, his leg strength. He just, he said he worked on building everything up around his knee, you know, so he won't re-injure it again, you know, which is, you know, you never know, but it's a good move, you know what I'm saying? So him... You know, if he's healthy, man, like, you just think – like, just think about it. Like, those little routes that he would run out the backfield, you know, instead of last year they were going for, like, what, seven yards maybe, eight. Mm -hmm. Now they turn into nine, ten. That's first down. You know what I'm saying? Like, that just changes everything. You know what I'm saying? It just – adding two, three, or four extra yards to those little out routes that he would run or those little in-routes. He catch over the middle, like man. That, and he instead of getting tackled like he was last year, maybe he's breaking two tackles. Now it's thirteen yards. You know, I mean, it just changes the whole map of how game plays out. You know,
1: like, you could just like just if, if if you're a fan, if you just look at what he did against the Texans in Week One and what he yeah. did against Seattle, which was Week Three, like that. That's all you need to see. Like that's it. Yeah. Like when he's healthy, he is a difference maker. Um you throw that in with everything that the Saints have, and you know, offensive line wise, and it's just good luck defensively. Like, good luck. And it's not like in the past where, all right, we're gonna to try to take Mike Mike Thomas away. You know, okay, take Mike Thomas away. So then you're gonna you're gonna leave Emmanuel Sanders who can who can cook you. Like, I don't know, man. Like, if there if there's a season that needs to happen, it's this one.
2: But it's this one, man. Damn. I just got uh,
1: it um I so speaking of the offensive line we don't know what it, we don't know how it's gonna shake out nope. but the whole do you keep McCoy at center and put Reese Ru- at guard or do you flip him? like I still think that's that's fascinating. I'm not super worried about it, but just the way that I would see it is I think it's tricky. Like as a we know Drew. Drew loves his routine. Drew just got used to having McCoy being his center, right? Yeah. And it was a work in progress. It was, it was. So during a crazy offseason, during a pandemic, it just it would. I find it difficult to believe that they're going to be like, all right, we're going to completely change this up, have a Reese be center, have McCoy go to guard, and Drew's going to have to learn a new center. You know what I'm saying? Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know how – we don't know how it's going to end up. We don't know how it's going to shake out. But
2: it's it's for sure something to watch during training camp. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing probably that first week, especially when they get on pads, you're going to see them kind of flip sides a lot. And they're gonna work off of that. Like if, if, you know, Caesar is showing something at center and McCoy is looking like, okay, he's able to hold, hold himself down at guard, they're gonna be like, okay, this is how we're gonna roll. Or if vice versa, is if, you know, Caesar's kind of struggling to pick up the offense, which is understandable. I mean, to pick up the, you know, the all that center for the Saints offense, if he can't pick it up immediately. You know, it'll just make sense to kick him at guard, but he played very little guard in college, so I don't know, man. It's it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. You know, I mean, that's that's gonna be something to watch. We might not get an answer until we want. You know what I'm saying? Like, or even then, you know, you might not see. I don't know. Could you could you see a situation where Caesar doesn't even get on the field? Nope.
1: Nope. I
2: don't.
1: Gonna get or, I don't believe that. At yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> don't believe that uh, a second. Mm-mm, I don't believe yeah.
2: that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So uh, it, it, that's the one to watch. Like, it's just gonna be one to watch. You just go, but you know, there's no preseason preseason game, so you're just gonna have to read, like, you know, Nick Underhill and you know, and Mike Triplett, and you know, and see what you know, see who's playing where, because we just won't know.
1: Yeah, it's going to be, that's going to be fascinating. Um, do so we, fascinating. Do we talk about the, the, the Drew shoes, the.
2: <laughs> the black history, <laughs> the black history, my hello I, I don't care what nobody say about Drew Brees, man. That's my dude, man. You know what I'm saying? Like. We, everybody gets one deviation, man. Like, everyone gets one deviation in life, you know. So uh, uh, he's my deviation, man. Like, I don't care, man. He could be All Lives Matter or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's my dude, man. Like, Drew, dude trying, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, Drew is, uh, you know, he, he comes from, a, you know, you know upper middle class family in Texas, you know, with a World War Two. Grandfather and all this stuff, man. He doesn't know about all this stuff, man. Like he's just, you know, and he's coming up around a black players and all that. So he's just trying to figure. His, he's just trying to figure his way through, man. <laughs> the dude means no harm. He means no harm, man. You know, just, you know, people give him a break, man. Like anything he tweets, he could just tweet anything and Bruh, look at the replies. Like, why did his, you <laughs> at you his neck? <laughs> at his neck, man. And they and like, Drew be hearing it from out. both. You hear from both What's sides. That? <laughs> they call him a sellout. Like both people call him sellout. Like you just out. I'm like, oh, man, just, let Drew, just sell, chill out.
1: <laughs> um, I'm like, I was working when when it posted, so I missed like all the jokes, but.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it looked like it looked like he told him like, make sure you get the. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Don't don't forget the shoes. Don't don't forget the. (laughs) Um, I mean, trying to think. You know, it's we didn't we haven't talked about this much on the pod. We have a little bit. Um, also a big thing that we're kind of like not talking about is that no, besides like two bottom of the roster type players, like no big Saints player opted out.
2: And you know what? I kind of attribute that to uh, Sean Payton just pulling a G move early in the season after he got COVID-19 and everybody was trying to figure out, oh, what's the all? Will he be a Willie Will he be OTAs? Blah, blah, blah. He was like, eh. y'all just stay home, do what you got to do, take care of your families. We'll see you in August. Like, he just exited out before the league, before everybody. He just said, worry about your family take care of your people, take care of yourself, see you in August, can see you in shape, I think is a big attribute uh, of, of, you know, that whole thing because because it puts the players coming in in a mind state like, you know, Sean Payton, you know what I'm saying? He, he's he been through this, you know what I'm right. saying? Like he's, right. he's had COVID-19, so he's talking from experience. So you have faith, like, to work with him, you know what I'm saying? You, you have faith in him as a leader where, you know, in some coaches, you just not, you know, you just don't have that faith. Imagine Adam Gates. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. you going to play for Adam Gates. <laughs> you know what? If you don't give me my 150 k <laughs> My man, CJ Mosley, like, shit, man, I got most of my guaranteed money last year. I'm about to just kick it this year. He's going to be gone next year anyway. Anyway. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> right. So I just think, you know, Sean P, I think that was a G move he did, man. Like, just F what the NFL doing, see y'all in August. Get y'all together and come prepared. You know what I'm saying? So it just put them in a different mind state. I think that that you know, I think that's why you see for so many few Saints players with COVID-19. You know, you see so many few players opting out because they were able to take care of their business. They were able to take care of their family and figure out you know, what best position to put them in and whether it's staying away from the facility or keeping them close or whatever, they were able to have that bandwidth to make those decisions without having to worry about, you know, practicing and, you know, OTAs and all that stuff. So I think I think at the end of the day, when we look back at it, I think that was like an outstanding move by Sean. Absolutely. It was outstanding. And like like you
1: said, it, it gave the players like a, enough head space to decide what's, what's best for them. Right. Um you know, and we say like there. So there was this quote-unquote deadline of that pass that players had to opt out. And you know, I was I was talking to Greg, and he was like, "Yeah, but like that wasn't really like a deadline per se, because if players want to want to opt out, they still have the ability ability to to do that layer. So if they have, if they have a family member that gets COVID, yeah. um, they have the ability to opt out or if they, the players have an underlying condition, they still have an ability to opt out later on. Um, and that's just, obviously that's not for the Saints, that's for, for anyone who's playing in the yeah. NFL. Um, right. But, uh, you know, because it wouldn't have shocked me, you know, if, and I think I, you, you were talking to someone on Twitter about it, like if someone like Malcolm Jenkins had opted out, like that wouldn't have shocked right. me like
2: at all. At all, at all, yeah. Yeah, because he said it. He said it himself. He, he's not sure if he's comfortable, you know, playing with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not comfortable with it. And I, I, But I think uh, if you have some type of uh, condition that can impact you with COVID-19 or someone in your family, you could still opt out at any time. But if you like, one of the guys that's just like, hey, you know, I just don't want to deal with it, you that deadline was for you. Yeah. You know like, <laughs> too, 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 too bad. No um, no take backs. <laughs> too bad, yeah. Yeah. So
1: yeah, it's interesting. Um so my point in that is we're talking about players that this upcoming season is an important season to them. Man, this is a I think it's a huge year for Marcus Williams. Um. He, the potential that he flashed so much in week, or sorry, his, his as a rookie season, Minnesota miracle aside, you know, was like the next showings of being a true, a great, the, a great true free safety that the Saints have not had in the longest time. Um, and it's not like he's, I won't say regressed, but like, I guess plateaued may be the right word of how his play has been. So if he's looking to make top like free safety money, because safeties, as you, as we know, safeties don't typically get paid a lot. Like the, they're, you know, unless they're elite, they're not getting a lot of money, but if he's looking to cash in, like this is a big, I feel like this is a big year for him.
2: Absolutely, man. Like, like, he's the type of safety that would get paid, though. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like, yes. Those deep safeties that could – that has that range and could take the ball, you know, he's the type that does get paid. But his – you know, some of his goofs <laughs> have been, you know, like, big, widely big, seen. Big, big goofs. <laughs> big goofs at big moments. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? So, like, this is a huge year for him. He has to turn out a year where – He has, you know, like four or five interceptions Um, and interceptions at like some key times, too. Like he needs to make some big plays in prime time that will really get him going. But, man, like just when you look at the UDFAs, I mean the UFAs next season, we don't need to hop on it now because, you know, their time will come. But, I mean, you got Mario Davis. He's a free agent next year. Jared Cook, free agent, Rankins, Alonzo, C Rob, PJ Williams. Oh, bye. Williams. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> shout, shout out. Let me give some credit to P, you know.
1: P Rob. I don't I I don't know. Just clap for him. Just, just good, good for you,
2: Patrick Robinson. <laughs> good. Good. I mean you can keep it going, man. PJ Williams, Marcus Williams, uh, uh who else? Uh Kamara, obviously. True Drew, uh, Drew Brees, he won't be free agent next year, but you know, uh, you know, then we got a few quarterback position. You know what I'm saying? So oof, like, man, they'll they well, there will be some you know yeah, they the, a- talk about the whole salary cap going down. It's like
1: oof. Yeah, there's gonna be some changes. There's gonna be some changes, and then yeah. we talked. We talked about it. They 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 gotta they gotta pay Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah. they, gotta, they yeah. gotta pay Ram. Um, it'll be it will be very interesting to see what they do with with um, with Armstead. Yeah. Um, we know the talent but we also know his availability.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: And that, I think that's a a interesting little plot line, you know, to watch.
2: Yeah. And he's been, you know, he's been holding it down like the last year or two where he, you know, he still played like injured, but he's been kind of able to stay in the lineup. So, you know, maybe he kind of reached that point where he's just, you know, that guy, he also strikes me as a guy that would kind of retire early. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, man, like I've been beat up enough. I'm yeah. just gonna call it quits. So I mean that's you know, that's something we we'll have to wait and see, but you know, we'll see. I mean, but next year, like this is this I don't this, know how to keep reiterating, this is the year. This like, is the year, year.
1: <laughs> all the like, you know, I, I'm not a gambler or whatever, but like if this is Vegas, all the chips are in during the pandemic. All of them. Out of all the years, bro. I this this is the year. It really is. Um it's crazy. and even you know, you if you listen to us like people like people who listen to us know that we're not as as in emotionally involved as we used to be, but just thinking of like week 1 and seeing the offense out there in full form like Voltron, man, that's exciting. <laughs> like it is, man. Like just to be like, Mike, Sanders, a healthy AK, uh,
2: offensive line. Yeah. It's going. It's actually going to be overwhelming because you won't have the preseason. To yeah. Get you- to get you like, so, you- yes. So like literally like, you know, uh, over a month from now, we're going to be sitting there, and you turn on, you know, on Sunday, and you put. It's going to be an NFL game, you know.
1: And it's for real. Like, it it's, counts.
2: Like, it's for real. It's, it counts like,
1: <laughs> like, there's no, like, like oh, okay, I can turn can. this off at halftime. Like,
2: no. <laughs> That's, That's going to be crazy, bro. Crazy. I was just watching uh I didn't watch the whole thing, but I put on hard knocks. I caught, like, the end. Man, it's fascinating as hell. Like, I, I was just like, oh, hard knocks, Rams and Chargers again, man. But – just with the whole COVID-19 thing, it, you kind of it show it dove into just all of it. You know what I'm saying? Like that first week. And it showed like like they recorded like the Zoom meetings they were having, like talking about the Black Lives Matter and the kneeling. They're talking about like uh, just everything. They were, talking, they were showing all the technical hiccups they have, like at a point with like Aaron Cromer. He was talking to the offensive line, and then his voice got all screwed up. Just all the crap that comes with using zoom and all that stuff <laughs> and you know it showed uh, uh uh coach Lynn, you know having to cut the 80 you know and dudes coming in there hot like damn like i just got here you cut you know what i'm saying so it, it was interesting man like i you know it, it, this this season is just nuts man like nuts bro I, like i that I, I just you just got to step back sometimes like man this is crazy and this is also the the season that the Saints on paper have the, the the best team. The best roster. The best roster. You know, but we won't know, man, like, you know, like Drew Brees always says, in August you have a roster, but come September you have a team, you know, so you got to put the best team together. Come September you're going to have injuries throughout camp. You're going to have, you know, hiccups. We're going to have COVID-19 stuff. So, you know, we're going to see what the team's going to look out. But, you know, padded practices is going to take place in about a week, I think. Uh, I think some teams have been showing, like, vines and videos of the players practicing. The Saints hadn't put out anything, but I'm guessing we'll start seeing that eventually and, you know, seeing what's going mm-hmm. on on the field. Because they have been doing, like, walkthroughs and throwing the ball around and stuff like that, but no no kind of football action. So, uh, you know, we'll
1: see. It's, it's going to be fascinating, man. Um, and, and like you said, we'll see. As, and as things more football-related start, you know, starts to ramp up, you know, we'll have more frequency with episodes talking actual football, um, you, know, uh, you know. So this is kind of a small apology to our listeners in the, in the following that we've been able to garner in such a short period of time. Um, but, like, some, like, it's just weird that with, that with that time period of there not being a lot of football going on and also a pandemic, like, like Ryan and I explained before, like, there just sounds like we didn't, we didn't want to talk about – you know what I'm saying? Like, it was yeah. the last thing on our minds to, to put out a podcast episode because we didn't want to talk football because there's so many more important things going on in the world and in our lives right now that has nothing to do with football. Um, but as it inches closer – uh i feel like it's just gonna be like a scary movie like it's like a jump cut like a jump scare yeah. like whoa! Just, <laughs> thank, uh, thank you
2: um
1: it like it, like we gotta start preparing for the like the fantasy football league <laughs> like i gotta yeah. start
2: organizing that <laughs> get on it bro Damn, ain't feel
1: yeah, yeah yeah i just feel like old times we gotta set set all this up again but uh we'll we'll i'll start you know we'll start posting all that out um because <laughs> probably to do it from our uh, uh, our our Twitter account for the for the pod or for Ryan's account because you know people can retweet it and stuff because <laughs> my accounts on private. Um, Trying to think, there's anything else. Um, so, well, I'll, we we talked about the Saints, but like the huge news these le- the two days or the or i think it was just today of the Big 10 and the Pac-12 postponing football till the till spring which would make no sense like that doesn't make any sense to me because then if if it's postponed in the spring then they then then you're having college athletes basically play two seasons back to back without like a break which whatever but that's just it's huge because it doesn't affect the NFL in any way because the NFL is going to do what they do. Like they want their money. They're going to move forward with their season. So that has no effect on them, but just how monumentally huge that those conferences postpone their season and like the debates that's having of like the players want to play. And like, it's just, it's, it's wild to me. It's, it's, it's wild.
2: It's wild, man. Like, you understand, like, I'm a hardcore NFL fan. I follow a little follow a little college football, but there are hardcore college football fans out there. A lot of them, you know. I work with a lot of them. Like, I, I work with so many people who don't give a damn about the NFL, but they mm-hmm. follow college football, you know, religiously. So, I mean, man. So, no college football, which we expected. It's, you know. I mean, as far as the SEC, uh, we'll see. I, <laughs> I envision the SEC is going to have something going <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, that's just how it is. But it's going to be strange. And, you know, as it pertains to the NFL, you know, that's the talent pool. So we'll see. I, I don't expect games in the spring. It's, I, I mean, I don't know what I've read, but is COVID 19 supposed to disappear in June, in January? February, I don't see it. Right, like all like, I talk, all, like all this talk about a vaccine. Vaccines don't work like that. It's not like you just drop the vaccine and okay, it's gone. No, like like a mixtape. Yeah, like a mixtape. No, it doesn't work like that. So if you know if they plan on thinking it'll be a different uh, environment in January or February, they're wrong. It's it's going to still be here. So. As far as I'm concerned, they just won't be in the college football for twenty, you know, 2020 and 21. Yeah, that's just how I look at it, you know, and that's why that's, that's why the NFL took the approach it did was they're going full speed ahead and they're gonna have football,
1: you also they the, love it or not, yeah. Also, the NFL was real smart, I guess, in the sense of like getting rid of the supplemental draft. Yeah. Um,
2: because, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely
1: because if if you could you imagine if there was a, like let's obviously if the timing that they do the supplemental draft would've been before you know the the seasons were pro- postponed or canceled yeah. whatever word you want to use but just like the influx of talent like it that could have been oh man crazy That would have been nuts i Cra- would have been nuts <laughs> crazy cuz like like if you if you're Justin Fields if you're Trevor Lawrence, well, Trevor Lawrence in the, is in the AC, ACC, sorry. But if you're Justin Fields, starting quarterback of Ohio State, Man. probably top ten pick, what have you, like, what, what do you do now?
2: Yeah, uh, that's a big question. And, you know, with Rock and his little investment group, fail, I wonder do they I, – I like, if I was him or if I was a part of that group, I'd be thinking, like, Let me put together some kind of bubble situation to get, like, you know, you don't need many teams. Mm -hmm. and You don't need a big league, but just do teams, get a bubble situation, and have them play some games for money. I mean, you're talking about, you know, green money, where you could pay these players coming out of college, talented players, to come and show their skills, you know, and get coached by, like, former NFL coaches and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Like, that's something I would be looking into.
1: Yeah, I, I saw that Florio suggested that, and I want to say Jeff Darling. Like, it's it's a great idea. Like, and it would. I think it would do numbers too, right? Because
2: Hell yeah,
1: not like you know, like you said, you're, there's coworkers that you may have that are super into college football or whatever. Like, there's like this void of not sports but whatever i something like that would do numbers
2: numbers like that's an opportunity man like you know i'm a capitalist and if if you're a capitalist you're looking for opportunities to capitalize on of course and that's a huge one man like you have this gap where you know there's this opening for, you know, up and coming players that are talented. And, you know, with the XFL, usually you're getting castoffs from the NFL, but this time you'll be able to get, like, players that will be NFL, yeah, NFL. in the NFL. Up, upper echelon, like, yeah, man, man. That's a, it's, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. We'll see. I mean, we just talking, you know, we just talking shit now, but who knows, bro? Like, we're in a different era, man. Like, voting, you know, you got to vote. What is it, November 4th? You know, I mean, bruh, whatever. What yeah. <laughs> man, I'm gonna be at the polls. Like, it's just, it's just bruh, crazy that that's. Listen, y'all go register to vote, please. I fill out my paper. I'm here in Alabama. I'm, look, I'm a, I'm the most cynical guy about the political process you can find, man. But like, this is we are in. Like, I'm 38 years old, man, and. I know people like to say every every four years, they say, oh, this is the most important election of our <laughs> lifetime. No, it's not. This year? This one. Like, man, like, we this are in a junction point in the United States. Man, listen. I'm not about to tell you who to vote for, but just look where we're at as a country. You got cities burning. You got a pandemic. Economy in ruins. Shambles. You know, in shambles, man. You know, I mean something
1: gotta change I'll, I'll i'll give a california perspective from it so you know most people know what i do if you listen to the podcast whatever so I, i'm a social worker working for the county so because of the economy and you know the budget what have you it's gotten to the point that now potentially the county of los angeles which I'm not going to get into like all the details of it, but obviously they have, there's a Netflix special about, you know, DCFS that, that you can find regarding Gable Fernandez, that the county may have to decide like, hey, we may have to start laying off social workers because the budget just isn't what it's supposed to do or what it's supposed oh. to be because of, pan- because of a pandemic, which means if social workers gets laid off in turn, that means that social workers that keep their job if their caseload is 20 kids on their caseload right now they may get an additional 8 12 kids impossible and to, you know what i'm saying like that's just that's just from my perspective of where things are right now like we could talk this all night but just please if you listen to this podcast register the vote and just let your voice be heard in november like that's that that's all that's it that's it man um but I think we we hit on everything, so we're not gonna spend we're gonna get out of here uh I should be sending out the details crap, that's crazy <laughs> football's less than a month uh I'll send out the details regarding the um the league the the fantasy football league to our listeners, so I know we don't have a lot of patreon you know
2: contributors hurt. hurt but we, we hurt' but <laughs> Shout out, shout out to the five patrons we got. We love y'all. But first Thank you Miguel. My dude. Miguel, he, he lives out here too. He was a
1: first, so shout out to Miguel for sure. Um, so if you're a Patreon contributor, you get you, you are in if you want to if you want to be in the league, you are in it 100 percent without Harry. done. You're in the league. Done. If you're not then we'll, we're gonna figure out a way to, you know, we'll figure that out.
2: But all you gotta do is go to Patreon.com, search hashtag Saints Twitter Space podcast. Or just just search Saints uh, hashtag Saints. Twitter. It'll come up. You know what I'm saying? And just donate whatever you want to donate. You know, you're in. You know what I'm saying? But we're trying to make this a big production. I sent Adam a list of guests that I want for the next couple of months. A huge list, and we gonna bring some heat. Like, if the season goes as we hope it goes, like, man, this this podcast is gonna be flames. We're trying to increase the production value of the sound, and maybe one day we'll get an intro. I personally like Adams' no podcast, no you know, no music, no intro thing. But maybe we get an outro or something, you know what so I'm saying? It's,
1: it's going to become our trademark at this point.
2: <laughs> right. So we want, we want to make this a good thing for you guys. So, you know, I mean, look, I'm not a big beggar or something, something like that, but, man, anything that help, you know, we do have bills to pay. We have to pay for, you know, the podcast hosting, website hosting and stuff like that. So any help you can provide and, you know, that will give us incentive to keep doing this, we we'll, we we'll really appreciate it. So uh, that's all I want to say. Absolutely, absolutely. So,
1: go to the Patreon website. Help us out um, if you can, um, and then the details of how to join the hashtag Saints Twitter fantasy football league um, will be posted on Twitter within. The, I would probably say by next week. Um, just keep in mind, I, I don't do fantasy football leagues for money. I, that's not. No, this is just for fun. Just just for fun and fun and bragging rights. Other than that, that's like. Great. That's it, like that whole concept is wild to me um so with that we're gonna get out, we're gonna get out of here we'll we'll have another episode next next week, and with that we're we're out, peace.